Welcome to the Hoops and Recreation Halftime Show, the quick-fire NBA podcast bringing you even more basketball content, but in half the time, sometimes. Uh, I'm your co-host for today, Matt, and joining me this week, uh, we have a full team again. Mark, Wardy, how are you both doing? I'm a happy boy this morning. I wonder why. I wonder why. <laughs> Come on, tell the listeners, why are you so happy? What's, what's got that smile on your face? It's just a great day. It's Mother's Day. It's just a beautiful <laughs> Sunday. No, nothing else at all. It has nothing to do with the fact that the Knicks beat the Nuggets last night. Oh, did they? <laughs> you didn't notice that. That's you didn't notice great. that one. No. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it must have slipped my mind. Oh, what, what, beating the number one seed in the West? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we'd, it, it's a Saturday light night. No, no one cares about Saturday night games. Yeah, yeah. No one cares Five about Saturday night. 5pm tip off. Yeah, light work, light work. <laughs> How are you doing, Woody? You all good? Yeah, I'm good. Shout out to my mum and shout out to Ruth. Hey, what a way to start a podcast. Shout out Ruth. Shout out to all mums today. Shout out to all mums today. Well, we'll jump straight into it. We do actually have some guests with us today that we're going to introduce in just uh, a short while. But before we introduce our guests, um, we're going to start things off as we do every single week with our halftime show. And that is with our one word headline. So if you're new to the podcast, first of all, welcome. Um, And to tell you a little bit more about this segment, every single week I'll present Mark with a series of NBA headlines. All Mark needs to do is give me a single word or short phrase as his reaction. Mark, are you ready this week? Absolutely. Are we going one word this week? Not not hope in hell. No, it's not, <laughs> absolutely not happening. No. I'm going to have to start rebranding this segment because it <laughs> yeah. needs to be the mini word headlines every single week, I think. Well, we'll kick things off. Headline number one, uh, Michael Jordan is reportedly ready to sell his ownership share of the Charlotte Hornets. He has had enough. I think everyone has. I think Charlotte's had enough of the Hornets, to be to be perfectly honest. Um, headline number two, Dylan Brooks is fined for shoving a camera operator during the Warriors game. He's desperate to be the league's villain. Ooh, big time. He, he is the, the league's joker in many ways. Um, headline number three, the NBA has banned Jar for eight games following the recent Instagram live investigation. Silly boy. Silly, silly boy. Um, seeing as we can't go a week without talking about Embiid. Uh, headline number four, Embiid overtakes Jokic in MVP ladder. Deserved. Uh, headline number five, Lonzo Ball is set to undergo his third surgery in 14 months with a cartilage transplant. Shame. Poor guy, poor guy. And mm. last but not least, Ben Simmons and Clutch Sports have mutually, air quotes, mutually uh, agreed to part ways with one another. The writing's on the wall. Poor Ben, poor Ben. Well, uh, you did all right this week, mate. You, you did all right this week, mate. You, you're close to one word, close to one word. W- Wardy actually just wrote something else uh, into the headlines, which oh, says, of Wendell Carter Jr. destroys the Clippers. <sighs> I, t- I, pull one, I pull one joke on you one week, and now every single time the Clippers lose, <laughs> it f- somehow finds its way into this last minute, no one knew it was coming headline. I should have yeah. learned. I should have learned. <laughs> well, uh, we, we did say we have we have some guests uh, to bring onto the podcast this week. Um, it's not just us talking about the Knicks and Clippers as it is every single week. So, Mark, please do us the honours and introduce our guests for today. Super excited this week because um, we've got not one, but two pro hoopers. It's our first female guests um, as well. So super, super excited. So I shall introduce them one by one. First up, uh, former NCAA Division II player. She has represented Scotland in the Commonwealth Games. She is a karaoke legend. She is a former taco server and a huge Russell Westbrook fan. She resides in Norwich, but hones her skills in Essex. She is a 6'2 power forward wearing number zero, Claire Paxton. Welcome, Claire. Hi, everyone. Uh, Thanks for having us. Um, Taco server is definitely 
one of my key attributes for sure. <laughs> that's right at the top of the CV. That's like the number yeah. I would have I would have yeah. put that at the top. Yeah, <laughs> Taco former Taco server. I can confirm you're on excellent Taco server. Yeah, I take it really seriously. <laughs> Someone has to. Someone has to. Yeah, it's an important job, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean. It's the best restaurant in Norwich, uh, without a doubt. So, uh, yeah, you, you've done a really good job there. Um, and next up, someone who hasn't served tacos, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> but she has been in the BBL since she was 16, uh, the WBBL, since she was 16 years old. She's represented Great Britain, uh, under 20 and under 16's level. Uh, she's a huge sneakerhead, sadly a Boston Celtics fan. Um, and she's already part of the WBBL's 1000 Career Points Club. She's a 5'11 wing wearing number eight, Tia Freeman. Welcome, Tia. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to have you as well. Tia, have you ever served tacos? Can you confirm or deny this? You know, I have I have worked at a restaurant as a waiter, but <laughs> <laughs> tacos have, have not been on the menu. Oh, there's still time. There's still time. Everyone has aspirations. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'll catch up to Claire at some point. <laughs> and great to know you've both got experience in hospitality if the WBBL doesn't work out for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about your degrees or basketball. Yeah, any, anything yeah. else, no. We've got all the necessary skills. Yeah. <laughs> it's an important no, set of skills to have. Absolutely. Um, and Claire, that's how we met, actually. Yeah, yeah. In fact, rather than just talking about tacos, like starting with tacos, let's... Uh, Let's start off with uh, with your journey into basketball. Um, so it'd be great to tell the listeners kind of how you got into basketball, what some of your inspirations were and and kind of how your career has panned out so far. Yeah, I mean, so long ago now, I kind of can't put my finger on exactly where it all started, but definitely my sister was playing for a local team and I just, I've got an older sister, so I just kind of copied her, you know, as you do, copying your older sibling. And then... Just kind of took off from there. I was pretty tall. Ended up on a Scotland team when I was under sixteen, and just kind of just rolled with it the whole way through. I, I love that how like calm you were about that. Like I was pretty tall, so I just ended up on the Scotland team, like under sixteen. Yeah. Team. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's pretty humble of you. Uh, I think you had to be more than tall just to get on the team, yeah. right? I'm pretty tall, and all that happens to me is that it's a pain in the ass getting on the tube. Like that's, <laughs> that's all I get yeah. for it. Pros and cons, but yeah. I, as I say, I can't really, I can't remember it. So like, it was a while ago, but just play, I played in the national league, played around Scotland for a few years and then got in, um, got the opportunity to go play in America. So I went there for four years and then uh, came back 2017. Scotland were trying to qualify for the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games. So I played on Scotland senior team that year and the coach for the Scotland team was also uh, the coach for Caledonia Pride, um, WBBL team, uh, Bart Sengers. Um, and so he was like, oh, do you want to come and play for Pride? And then just went from there, kind of jumped around a few WBBL teams and then found my way down here to Essex. So it's been quite the journey. Amazing. Um, you mentioned uh, you, you ended up in America. I mean, you know, not, not everybody just ends up uh, playing for a, a, Divi a Division Two school in America. So how did that happen? Uh, what was the process like and, and what was it like um, at, at school? Well, it was it was a bit of a weird process probably for me compared to most most people that go over there. So I actually started at university in Edinburgh for one year. Um, I was like, nah, I don't want to move away. And then I played GB under 20s the following summer and the coach was like, 
Like if you want to get better, I think you need to go go and experience something else playing. Um, and then it was actually Ashley Munns, my now teammate here in Essex, got me in contact with her coach. She was at Southern Utah University in America. And then her coach put me in contact with the coach of the, the university I ended up going to. So it was all kind of done through like Facebook messages. It was a, it was a bit informal, but it, it, it worked out. Yeah. Getting over there, it was, it was a very different experience. Like I'd gone from playing club basketball in Scotland, like high school gym twice a week to like division two school training every day, mornings, preseason, all this. It was like, we really thrown in at the deep end, but now nah, it was really cool experience. It was fun to play play at that level and um a pretty successful team as well like we won our conference tournament played in national tournaments and stuff so yeah it was all a lot of fun it got definitely made me a better player as well amazing the level of competition every week yeah just a just different to, to what you've been used to more competitive it's definitely different like when i played in scotland i was i was 18 17 18 years old i was playing the senior women's uh senior league so like my t- some of my teammates were like forty, <laughs> and some of the cool. people I was playing against were like forty, and it was big range. Like you go from like a sixteen year old to like a forty three year old, all on the same team. Mm. So it was a good range of knowledge and athleticism, like in yeah. completely different ways. Like <laughs> yeah. the skills of each player were very different, but it was it was fun, yeah. But then go- going on to play with everyone's the same age, very competitive. Uh, everyone trained like about the same amount and stuff so very a lot more competition and traveling a lot of traveling <laughs> and what was your school experience like in general over there yeah it was really different like that was one of the biggest adjustments I had I felt like when I went over there you know I come from uni in the UK where if you're getting a 70 you're doing great right and then I go to America and I'm getting 70s I'm like wow I'm doing so good and then Turns out I'm actually like failing most of my classes because you're expected <laughs> to get like over 90% in the classes an A. And I was like, oh, damn, I thought I was getting A's this whole time. But it was actually like straight C. So I was like, oh, I might need to apply myself a little bit more. <laughs> but nah, it, it, it was it was different. Small, small university. I was at a really small university. So it kind of felt more like going back to school rather than university. It was a lot of small classes and stuff. But yeah, it it was all right. No, I wasn't really. I wouldn't say I was there for the university. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what was the university uh, called? I was at Colorado Christian University. It was in the Denver, Colorado. Yeah. So it's a cool spot to be. Yeah, I was going to say, what was it like living there? Yeah, that was one of the main reasons I wanted to go there was that it was in, in a big city. I, I didn't want to go and live somewhere that was in the middle of nowhere. Um, it was really good. Met loads of really cool people. Had you know, got the Nuggets, the Broncos, all, all the teams like right on the doorstep. Oh, got, got so many games and stuff, which was really cool. That is cool. And still cold yeah. enough that you didn't feel too homesick from being in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> totally different kind of weather. Like it was like snow, but it was actually sunny all the time. Like it hardly ever rained. It was like snow, like dumped down snow for one day and then it'd be like bright sunshine after that. So was that, the weather wasn't so bad. I'd say maybe the weather in Scotland might be worse. It's so windy and rainy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I met you a couple of years ago. Uh, like we said, you were working in, which is my favourite restaurant um, in yeah. Norwich. And uh, the, the the managers who, who are friends of mine 
mentioned that you you had been a professional basketball player you were taking some time away you weren't sure what you were going to do um you came to a run with my, my friends and I and uh and schooled everybody immediately I was pleased you're on my team that night um and then we we chatted uh and and you yeah you, you weren't really sure what, what you were going to do you had some offers on the table and then kind of before I knew it you you made the decision to to sign with Essex um and since then you you're in your second season there How, how's the whole experience been yeah it was that time I was like oh I don't know like maybe I'm not done with playing but I was like maybe I want to just kind of start moving on with the next part of life and I was like nah I'm not done yet um, I sp- ended up speaking to Tom just because it was like the closest team to where I was at the time and l- like came down had a look around the campus and um spoke to Tom a bit like liked what he was saying and so just felt like a good fit and then I was started a master's so I was getting something else out of it so got the master's and then yeah just kind of found a home here and I think it's easy for me to decide to keep staying because like I'm happy being here so it's a really cool environment with like the game days but also like all the people I work with now it's a nice place to be really like good vibes all around yeah it feels like it from the outside like I follow a few of you on Instagram and I can see you hang out together all the time um, you obviously, you know, have, have really good kind of team chemistry. Um, but you, we'll talk about Essex Arena in a little bit more detail later. But what a cool place to to kind of hone your skills. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I can see why you'd be happy there. Um, Tia, let's move on to you because you've had a completely different route um, yeah. to Claire. So it'd be really great to know again where you started with basketball, how you got into it. Um, some of the things that inspired you and, and how your career has moved as well. Yeah, I mean, kind of similar to Claire, my brother played basketball growing up um, and I was big into field hockey. Like that was my sport. That was all I really played. And then I kind of went to his games and thought, you know, I, like I'm I'm kind of tall too for a girl, I guess, like I can play. So originally I just played local league um, in the men's team. Like it was like under 16, like year 11 at school, just playing with the boys because that was kind of really only what we had. Um, and ended up joining Worthing Thunder as my first junior team with like Kyla Nelson and Steve Nelson as the coach. So played three years with them, I think from like 14 to 16 playing at Worthing um, and was obviously at school with Cam Hildreth and Danny Hildreth. So worked out with them basically every day, which was, you know, a pretty great experience to just work out at school with them each day of the week. Um, And then I got recruited for Oakland's um, to go there for academy. Um, And it was kind of my closest place to home and ended up moving house to Cambridge, which is half an hour from Oakland so it all worked out pretty well um did my two years of academy there and ended up staying there for my first year of university I uh, didn't I mean I, they were kind of pushing me to go to the states and said hey why don't you you want to go out there and play college ball but I don't know it, it wasn't really on my agenda I mean like you said I was 16 playing in the WBBL I felt like I had so much room to grow in in this league and like already getting some minutes like as such a young kid I thought I'm quite happy to grow in this country and hopefully become like one of the better players in the league um and after my first year of uni I transferred over to Nottingham with Kenrick as the head coach I already knew 
finished out my undergrad there. Obviously, we made a final, but that's when London started becoming strong. Um, <laughs> and they, they, they beat us in that final, but it was a good experience at Nottingham for sure. Um, and then, like Claire, I was looking to do my master's and I had no idea where I was going. Um, I remember commentating one of Oakland's like WBBL games and the commentators asking me, hey, where are you going next year? I said, I have no idea. And then after the game, I look at my phone and Tom Sadler's texts me and like, hey, heard you commentating and you don't know where you're going. Like Essex would love to have you. Um, wow. And pre yeah, pretty much just came from there. Uh, like he said, Claire Paxton's looking to come here. Um, a couple other young Brits like Megan Haynes is here and Jaden Bam. And I just, yeah, it seemed, you know, it was still close to home. They seemed like a team who were building. Um, and I just thought, yeah, sure, I'll come do my master's here. I'm pretty easy going to just go wherever they want. So, yeah, that's how it kind of ended up here. Amazing. So you've taken completely different kind of professional paths, um, but ended up on the same team and ended up really good good friends and good good teammates as well. It's amazing. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it, it's amazing to hear kind of from the two of you, especially where it is, like Mark just said there, two completely different stories. But again, it, it, it's so interesting. I think with so many different walks of life, how everyone can take so many different paths and end up in a similar kind of destination. Now we know a little bit more about your introduction to playing pro ball. Um, something that we do with every single one of our guests is we do a little bit of kind of a, a set of quick fire questions to uh, find out a little bit more about your basketball interests and things like this really kind of have a little bit of a, a guest bio. So what I'm going to do is just um, kind of fire some quick fire questions at the two of you so that we don't have both of you shouting out at the same time. Should we go with uh, kind of answer on with both at the same time, but we'll get Tia your answer first, Claire your answer afterwards. Um, Cause it'd be good to hear from both of you for all of these questions. And I'm too lazy to ask, the questions twice basically so we'll hear from both of you at the same time um so uh again first thing that pops into your head um first question what's your favorite uh, nba team celtics oh, we got that got that one already so yeah t is celtics claire what about yourself uh oklahoma city thunder oh okay that's the that's the westbrook thing yeah 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 i feel like i almost know the answer to the second question for claire at least uh tia who's your favorite current nba player uh jason tatum for sure jason tatum <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, Claire, what about yourself? I'm actually going to go with uh, Nikola Jokic. Oh, okay. I thought Jokic. it was going to be a Westbrook yeah. there. I thought it was going to be Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah. It, he's up there, but nah. I, if, I, if I'm thinking about someone, like the way they play, definitely Jokic is mm. that's, that's kind of player like, yeah. What about uh, favourite ex-player? So, Tia, you first. Oh, that's a tough question. Uh... I don't know. Claire, you go first. I'll have a thing. Uh, Dirk. Oh, I like that. And, and Claire, you've got that Dirk fadeaway shot. I've seen that many a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that was an easy one. Uh, I think I think I'd go Iverson. And Tia, I've seen you cross people up before as well. There, there was a, <laughs> a big crossover a couple of weeks ago on the, on the highlights that I saw. So, so that's uh, that, that Iverson inspiration, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just trying to be like that. Uh, next question, Michael Kobe. Kobe. Oh, we both said at the same oh. time, Kobe. It's team Kobe, there we go. All right, well, uh, what about defence or offence? Offence. <laughs> it's crazy. I love it, I love it. Um, all right, then we'll go for a sneaker one here. Uh, LeBron's or Jordan's? LeBron's, Jordan's. Okay, right, we've divided it now. Okay, we've started to, we can see the lanes that we're going down. All right, wow, okay. 
Um, you, you guys have already given a little bit of an insight to your start to your careers, but um, if I, I wanted to ask you both, what's your earliest basketball memory? So Tia, we'll go with you first, and then we'll jump back over to Claire. It might still be linked to what we were just talking about, but what's like your earliest basketball memory? Um, probably just playing in local league with my brother, um, getting to play with a bunch of guys. Like it's pretty eye-opening at that age, like kind of getting beaten around, but. I think it was probably the best thing I did getting into that. Claire, what about yourself? Earliest basketball memory? My earliest basketball memory is actually really tragic. <laughs> I was actually telling the girls about this the other day. That this is a, I was in like primary seven. So what's that, like year seven? Like last year of primary school in Scotland. And they ran a trial in Edinburgh for like the Edinburgh basketball team. And I didn't make the trial. I didn't make the team. And I went home and cried and cried and cried. And I was like, no, I'm never going to be a basketball player. And when you say earliest memory, that is the first thing that came to my mind. Because I would have been like 10 years old or something. And I was heartbroken that I didn't make the Edinburgh team. If only only you could have a time machine, go back to see 10-year-old Claire and be like, I think you're going to be all right. I don't think this this tryout is the be all and end all. I think you're going to be all right. Yeah, yeah, that's mine. You got you got the Jordan story being being cut from the high school team. Yeah, exactly. It's the very same path we've taken. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Thank you so much for the two of you. Well, um, we were talking actually a few weeks ago. Uh, my very first live basketball game was to actually come and see you guys play uh, against the Lions. Um, I drove down from London to Essex. Um, also forgot to pay my Dartford crossing tunnel and got a £75 fine. So uh, that was the, the, the most interesting, like, my highlight of that day. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was it was the, uh, the first time I'd actually come to watch a live basketball game. Because I think for, for me very similar to a lot of basketball fans here in the UK, you say basketball and you instantly think the NBA, right? Not a lot of people are familiar with local leagues and things like this, which coming to watch you guys play completely changed my view on it all. Like we have all this amazing basketball at our doorstep and yet we spend our time staying up until stupid o'clock in the morning trying to watch stuff that's happening over in the States. So I felt very close-minded as a basketball fan up until I came to watch that game. So I really appreciate that from you guys. But um, I wanted to ask a question to you both. For people, other people like me that have only ever been kind of NBA fans, what would be your like elevator pitch for the WBBL? Like, if you were trying to convince someone to come and watch their first WBBL game, what would you tell them about the league and the type of basketball they're going to see? Whoever wants to answer first, I'd say, you know, if you're from this country, like it's all the best British talent you have to offer. Like a lot of the girls play in the GB team um, and played in Euro Cup and stuff. So really, just seeing the homegrown talent in this country you know go head to head each week and most games you know they're pretty competitive good games so yeah just getting to experience it all in person yeah I would just say like the game is growing so much like you can tell year to year like I've been in the league well I think it's my sixth sixth season now and it's gotten better and better every year um so it'd be like getting now you can say you're there at the start because it's going to be massive <laughs> in 10 years time and then you can say you've been a you've been a fan from the beginning like I, I really feel like it's going that way you see the like even today at the the copper box like the entertainment and the whole package that teams are putting together it's more than just the the bas- like obviously the basketball is the key part of it but like it's a whole experience now and it, it is turning into more similar to what you get at an NBA game like you've got your 
your screens and your little on-court activities in between quarters and stuff like that it's yeah get in now so you can you can say that you were there at the start you could be you could be one of those guys when we've got like live games on sky sports and stuff like this you can be one of those people that's like i remember back in 2023 when uh you could be one of those people um i love it i love <laughs> it on youtube yeah I, honestly i was so surprised when i rocked up like i was honestly i was saying to wardy before um that i kind of expected to rock up and be like uh, a, a kind of a college gym with like sat on those like blue plastic chairs that you used to have to assembly and things like this and I walk in and there's like video packages there was like smoke going off for your intros I was like <laughs> what on earth I walked into it was absolutely amazing like the production of it all was so much fun the DJ was killing it with the tunes the whole afternoon like, it was it was so much fun like so much fun well worth the uh, the fine from the the Dartford Crossing I'm, you, you can tell I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not uh, yeah I'm not hung up i'm not hung up about it at all you can tell you can tell and what do you get to experience this courtside every single week so <laughs> how is that for you oh i'm i'm so lucky i do feel very pleased to have been you know invited to come um and be part of you know you know the wider team um in terms of game day um you know it's one of those things where it's good to be in the background because there's not a lot expected of me other than just sat on my laptop um it would be nice if I could experience the games a little bit more because, you know, I'm looking at a screen 70% of the time with someone talking the game in my ear, but uh, the bit, the bits I see are always good. And obviously to be that close to such an amazing game and, you know, like you've both said, the, the, the talent is incredible and sort of the more I've been doing it, you kind of get to see the same faces and then, you know, I've been following them a little bit more, seeing, you know, what they've been up to in terms of their careers. It's just you know, I, I'm definitely with you, Claire. I feel, you know, really pleased to be involved for, you know, four years now uh, and experience it from the start. And we would be um, silly to not talk about last weekend's game because not only um, was it a huge, huge win, but but also you, you broke the WBBL attendance record um, as well from Leicester, who were the team that you then went on to beat in a really, really close game. Um, so we've, we've just got a little clip, um, actually, from um, for, for everybody listening, uh, just of, uh, of a clutch basket from Megan. So we'll just play that now. And then if you guys could just talk us through, um, first of all, the atmosphere on that day with over 1,500 fans there, but also just take us through um, like that, that play from Megan and then kind of the end of the game as well, because it was so, so tight, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was a crazy game. We were saying like we couldn't have scripted a better game for the occasion, like to have all those people in the stands. I think if we'd beaten a team by 20 points, it wouldn't have nearly have had the same effect. Um, it was, it was just fun. Like I think for us, the whole thing was, um, our coach was saying, just enjoy the experience. And for us, when we when we just have fun, we play a lot better. So I think it really helped us, like, stay in the game as well. When things started to go badly, the crowd was like back at us the whole time. Like it was actually loud the whole game, which I think isn't no that normal. Like it must be a really good game for the crowd to really be be in it the whole time and I think anytime things started to drop a little bit we were right back 
back in it because they're just cheering for us the whole time like we really had the support of the whole building um yeah and then at the end it, it was Megan made some like massive baskets and one and then hit a couple of free throws at the end and yeah it was a close one thought I'd ruined it all when I got that unsportsmanlike at the end <laughs> then the crowd the crowd came in again and they missed four free throws in a row which was just wild wow at the end of the game and then that was it like so I don't think without the the, the crowds being there probably wouldn't have happened like it's not normal for them people to miss or a team to miss four free throws in a row in those situations but mm. yeah we appreciated everyone coming out I think we've gained some more fans from it as well. It was it was absolutely deafening down there. Um, you guys will have a different experience because you were right in the moment and obviously you were watching the game and you were right there. But for me, having to do something slightly different, I had to concentrate really, really hard. And um, for, for those who don't know what I have to do with stats, I'm charting every single shot taken, miss, every rebound, assist. There's a lot going on. Um, a lot of the time, like I said, my head's in a laptop and I have a guy uh, as a spotter who was sat right next to me and he's talking in my ear. And I think the last two, three minutes of, of action, like he was shouting and screaming at me and I could only just hear him. It was, it was so hard to concentrate. And I was, you know, we were right on the floor, we were away from everybody a little bit. But, it, you know, because um, they also have bleachers out both sides of the court, it kind of just went all the way around the stadium. Um, and I couldn't help get caught up. Normally, I, well, I have to be neutral. You know, I'm only there taking the stats. But I was getting, I was getting really nervous. I was getting excited every time. You know, like Megan or someone did something amazing. I was sort of pumping my fist under the under the desk. It was, yeah, it it was. And you so hard not to get caught up. And I think you're right, Claire. An atmosphere like that brings people back, and it'd be so nice to see. Even if you got another, you know, two, three, four hundred people turn up regularly that would be awesome and make the experience so much better. Yeah. What a fantastic advert for the WBBL. Um, and again, you, like you say, Megan was clutching that game. One of the things I like about your team the most is that you always have different people step up. You know, I watched the results come through. It might be, yeah, it was Megan last week. Um, it was DT the week before. Uh, it might be UT. It might be you, Claire. You, tsunami. She's so consistent, isn't she? Like <laughs> every week she's double, double. And I think that's one of the best things about your team is that you've got different players stepping up, um, you know, every, every single week. Um, we, we mentioned that kind of that advert for the WBBL. You guys have been to uh, the Copper Box today, another fantastic arena, and like you say, another good atmosphere. Um, now, obviously, Lions have uh, only lost one game in the last kind of three seasons. Um, for, for you guys as players, what's the kind of impact of having a team like Lions in the league? How do you feel about it, and um, what, what's it kind of? What's it like playing playing against them? I I think it's pretty difficult. You know, I think every other team there could be an upset. You know, from the bottom seed to all the way up to Leicester. Like I was beating them last week. The only other game they'd lost was London. Um, so it's definitely difficult having a team so dominant and just the calibre of players they have. Like. Their five bench players will probably be a starting five on another team. So it's definitely a difficult adjustment to have in the league because two seasons ago, I think London finished bottom or like second from bottom. Um, but I think everyone does just 
hopefully slowly get to their level and the interest and investment comes from sponsors, fans, and hopefully the whole league can reach it at some point. So you think it's a good thing having a, a team at that level with that kind of investment in the WBBL? It's it's difficult. I think in the men's, it's easier because London have lost numerous games in the men's league, right? Yeah. Like you can have it like, two players just pop off from free in a men's game and the scores line switches immediately. Whereas in women's, I think it's a lot harder to kind of compete and make so much of a difference. I feel like the money is hard to compete with, but I suppose there has to be somebody that sets the standard and then the other teams have to find that investment to meet them. So I guess you just hope that it the, the other teams find a way to bring in some more money like I think for us with our like the arena and the game day and all the stuff they're finding more and more sponsors coming in um we just need that like big one to push us up a little bit closer but you don't want as well other teams to feel like they're falling out completely because they just don't have a chance of getting that kind of money but it's all about about the money like you saw I know Caledonia do have a pretty significant sponsor as well but they they beat them a couple of weeks ago and it was mm. just like adjusting to the physicality I think like they're used to London are used to going into Europe and playing against like really physical teams I felt that today when we were playing them I was like we have not, not got any space to do anything like <laughs> we gotta just kind of learn from it and go on like teams can learn from that and the standard that we practice against each other and play against each other mm. eventually the gap's got to close a little bit you'd hope um, yeah but it's going to be a, a process for most teams. Like they're lucky in that they're located in the best city in the country. <laughs> like that's where the money, the sponsors are going to be attracted to the, the, the big city, right? So, other teams that don't have such a selling point, I guess, uh, finding a sponsor that wants to back a team in, I don't know, Durham. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's going to happen. <laughs> you never know. You never know. When the league gets massive, everything would would want want a part of it right yeah it's tough one isn't it because you want a really competitive league but you also want someone who's gonna or you want to be able to to push and you want teams from from great britain to be playing in euro league uh euro cup sorry as well so it, it is great to have that um like you say i guess it's up to the rest of the league to to try and compete however they can um, and that you guys at Essex have got such fantastic resources, you know, for, as far as facilities go, it's it's as good as anywhere, isn't it? And like we said, your game day experience is unbelievable and uh, such a great advert for the WBBL. Tia, you talked about the BBL a little bit there. We, we, we've we've kind of touched a little bit um, on NBA as well. What do you guys watch? Um, do, do you watch, do you kind of keep up with WBBL, BBL? NBA, WNBA. And keep up with everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything. Okay. I mean, we come back from our games and put the like Manchester Giants game on. And then last night we've got March Madness on in the living room. Like it's constantly basketball in, <laughs> in our house for sure. Amazing. So, yeah, because I guess you know quite a lot of the guys who play BBL as well. And then I'm assuming like you've played against people who are in w, uh, WNBA or, or you kind of know all of them have connections and stuff like that so you're always keeping an eye on on who's doing what people are in do, do you watch EuroLeague as well um I don't watch as much EuroLeague I feel like I'm more kind of 
all the British teams and when that's not on I'm trying to get the NBA games in yeah we was watching a bit like when the when Lions uh women's team were playing in EuroLeague we were definitely watching them because as, as annoying as they are to play against like we were definitely supporting them when they were playing in Europe like we want we want a team from Britain to be doing well in Europe so um we was watching that but otherwise now nah, I think for us mostly like WBBL BBL NBA is kind of and then uh, March Madness just now as well. Um, one of the things I want to talk to you about, you guys about, um, I'm not sure if you saw the quote, but we'll, we'll, we'll play it now. Um, it was from Freddie Van Vliet, um, and it was about refereeing in the NBA. And he, he picked out a, a, a couple of, um, or one particular referee, um, but also just talked about refereeing in general. So we'll just play the clip now. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was fucking terrible tonight. Um, I thought that on most nights, you know, a couple other, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just fucked the game up, you know, and it's, it's, it's been like that a couple couple games in a row. Um, Denver was tough, obviously. You come out tonight, you're competing pretty hard. The third quarter, I get a bullshit tech, changes the whole dynamic of the game, changes the whole flow of the game. And, um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be dicks and, um, just kind of fucks the game up nobody's coming to see that shit and it's not the first time that referees have been pointed out in the nba this season for poor officiating um you guys have played i mean you, like we say you watch tons of basketball but also you, you you play in a wbbl you've also played um you know internationally as well under fever rules claire you played commonwealth games in the summer as well I just wanted to get a scope from you guys on what you feel the level of officiating is like um, across the different leagues and how you see it different like compared comparing what you play to the NBA, for example. I would say the word that comes to mind is inconsistent. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I don't know. Back, different leagues is, is hard to say. I think when I was playing in, in America, I think it was probably a little bit more physical maybe you got away with a little bit more but then now in WBBL week to week like you know you never know like some days you can take someone out and it doesn't seem to be about the next day you like brush the ball in their hands and it's <laughs> it's like really frustrating to know but I get you have to like adjust to it yeah, well you don't want to let the referees affect your game right as much as they affect seem to affect the game yeah. Um, state of the referees in the NBA is, I don't know, that seems to be getting a bit soft, like technicals being dished out everywhere for no reason. It, it, it ruins the game or like ru ruins the viewing experience when people can't even express themselves, I think. Yeah, it seems this season in particular, there's been a lot of technical fouls given for celebrating baskets. Mm. And, you know, when I think about when I started watching basketball, you have, you know, Sean Kemp dunking on people and staring them down and, you know things like this and now somebody will, will will dunk or celebrate a basket and look at somebody and it's a technical foul it, it does feel soft and it does feel like it takes a passion away from the game I think that's what annoys fans Tia how, how do you feel about it I definitely agree I mean I always see the highlights on my Insta of T's getting given out for nothing and I in our league, like we're saying more to the rest than these NBA players <laughs> yeah, yeah. are, and, like we're we're not getting teed up. So, yeah, no, I agree. Especially what Claire said in our league as well. The inconsistency of our games is crazy. Like 
I mean, last week I picked up t- two fouls in two minutes and had to sit the whole half with neither I thought was a foul in my mind. And then today I'll come out the game with zero when I think I committed about three, four fouls. <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> I don't know what I'm getting myself into each week. Yeah, yeah it happens like that sometimes, doesn't it? I can confirm those two, those two fouls were very, very soft. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting on the bench the whole half waiting to get back in yeah and that must be so frustrating for you but you know when you got back in in the second half you definitely made made up for it and you know you're a huge factor in that win yeah well you know I felt like Daniela Turner and kind of Ashley Munns had to pick up all these minutes trying to cover for me um but yeah no it was a, such a solid team effort the whole game to be honest mm. And you feel the frustration, so you can understand how these guys playing at the highest level under the most scrutiny, the most money on the line, you know, all these factors are massive, aren't they? So when you've got poor officiating and crazy, for me, it's not so much the kind of um, the, the fouls that annoy me, but it's the, the, the these technicals that are given for celebrating. It just takes all the passion out of the game. I don't really understand what the NBA wants. Do they want it to be an entertainment league? Because that's how it's sold, right? That's why it's all offense-based. So do you want people to be out there having fun or do you want people to go about their business and just, you know, kind of have this very boring lead where people aren't aren't very excited about it? I don't really get it. Um, Tia, you mentioned you're a massive Jason Tatum fan. You're obviously a Celtics fan as well. How are you feeling about the Celtics at the moment? You know, they started off the season pretty well. It's gone it's gone a little downhill from there. But, you know, I think they'll be fine. Make the playoffs, push for the finals again. I have faith in them. I drafted into the team as well. Like That's my favourite thing about them. And, you know, players like Grant Williams, like I love those types of players that come in for them. So I, I've got faith in the Celtics. So they're going to be good. Yeah, it's a deep squad. They, they've definitely got the potential to go far. We, we talked a little bit last week about how perhaps uh, they they really need to be first. <laughs> um, because if you're second or third, you might end up playing Philly, um, you know, in that next round. And that could be tough. How, how do you see that panning out? I agree. They should, should be first, really. But they've been dropping a lot of games, especially to the Knicks recently right no idea what you're talking about (laughs) i woke up to that story and i was like what is going on hey hey no next (laughs) time that was the best moment of my year (laughs) claire you you said as your uh you kind of this or that your bio that you were um like your favorite team okc right um they're obviously a team that are on the kind of uh, the the rebuild essentially they have all this kind of youth on their sides you've got Chet Holgram coming back um next year and uh the, the, the man that breaks my heart every time I have to see him kind of uh, on the stat sheet Shea Gilgis Alexander um how exciting for you, for you as a fan where are you currently with OKC I, I know a couple of friends a couple of friends that are fans and they're just like almost want to press fast forward on the next two, three seasons because you know that that team with Giddy, with Shea, with Chet, they're going to be amazing in a few years' time. Like, where are you currently with your, with the OKC? How do you think the team's getting on? Yeah, like, they're on the cup of, like, being a playoff team, right, with the playing tournament. Now they're sitting around, like, 10, 11, 10. Um, same as the Lakers, they're in the same level, but they're a team of, like, 22, three-year-olds, even younger They've got about 100 draft picks in the next few years. So, like, <laughs> they're in a sticky, like, it's the same kind of situation they were in when they drafted um, Westbrook, Durant, oh. 
Harden all at the same time. It's like there's not enough spots for all these players. So at some point, they're going to have to start dishing out the draft picks to other teams and bringing in more firepower, really. I think they're probably like two or three years away from being really good. I would I, like in a competitive West Western Conference. Um, I still think they they have a a case mm. even in the next couple of seasons to to solidify like a playoff spot without being in the play-in. I don't think anybody really when when Shea got traded to um, Oklahoma for Paul George. I don't think anyone really expe- expected him to blossom the way the way that he did. I don't know, but. Yeah, good little squad. Future is bright, I would say. It's a really fun team to watch, isn't it? I said on the pod last week that I'd I'd watch the the OKC Warriors game, um, which isn't I wouldn't normally sit down and watch OKC, but it was so good. They play such fun team basketball, and with Giddy kind of pulling the strings, he's he's so uh, nonchalant the way he goes about what he does, um, but but so so effective. And then Shea is just yeah, like you say, he's just blossomed into an absolute killer. He could quite easily be most improved player this year. They definitely um, play, kind of gives you like vibes of college definitely. team playing a bit more like young guys. Like they kind of give it their all on both ends of the floor, share the ball a bit more. It's yes, yeah, it's, it's nice to watch. It, it's it's a cool team. I like it. I think you're right as well with the kind of everyone blossoming at the same time like a lot of their players are all very very similar in age and you've also got to start looking at like the supporting cast as well like Dort obviously had a fantastic season was it last season or the season before where all I think he all of a sudden came out of nowhere as this like amazing defender Mm -hmm. you've got people like Poku who is playing really really well in his role as well like again the problem is is like you kind of all want these players to get really really good but you don't want them all to get too good where it's going to kind of like be a problem and you have to split it all up that's the problem isn't it right you've got to be able to afford all of them so (laughs) okay and I think you're quite right about the direction that they're moving in Claire like They'll see how these young players develop. You know the the, the Chets, the Giddies. Uh, we know we know Shea's going to be a good player. Um, Poku, Dort, etc. They're going to see how they develop, and then they've got all these draft picks to use as well. So at the point where they feel they can't hold on to some of them, they've got great packages to put together. You know, you could put a Poku and three draft picks together for a star player to to come and and, and really take that team to kind of that next level. So. I think that's the direction they'll move in. Hopefully, if they do that, they'll still play the same basketball they do now because they are really, really fun to watch. Yeah, you don't want to have a team dominated with like two stars that hold the ball all the time. I think that's kind of what's nice about them is they've got this movement between all of them. I don't think, other than Shea is a bit of an outlier, like he's obviously the, the leader of the team, but they're all shooting a good a good amount of shots per game and swinging the ball and stuff. And did you start liking Oklahoma City because of the the Westbrook, Durant, James Harden, Kendrick Perkins, Ibaka <laughs> kind of team? That, yeah, yeah, I had, yeah. To, I had to get Big Perk in there. When I first started following NBA, they were like just newly drafted, kind of. Um, they weren't the best team, but they were competing. Like they were really young, but competing with the best teams. Um, I thought they were a fun team to watch. I really liked Kevin Durant at the time. At the t- at the time. <laughs> Yeah, my my affiliations <laughs> changed when he went and signed at Golden State. I thought, nah, I'm not I'm not I'm not rocking with him anymore. I'll go with Westbrook. Yeah, the, I like the loyalty. <laughs> but um, nah, Kevin Durant was my favorite player. Then, still is one of the I think probably one of the most skilled players in the league. 
that fortunately can't seem to stay healthy at the moment, which is a bummer. It is. Um, although I'm not not too upset that he's not healthy now. He's at the Suns because I don't I don't I don't want to see Chris Paul win a ring. Um, you may. <laughs> You're a massive Russell Westbrook fan. Obviously, he's just made that move over to the Clippers. What do you think of him over there so far? Well, Russell Westbrook, like what he what he gave when he was a bit younger, like that's what I love about him. Is just high energy, like just a bit chaotic almost. But the the energy was what I really liked about him. Um, you know what I don't like about the whole Russell Westbrook narrative is like I feel like people use him mm. as a scapegoat. Like Clippers are doing bad. Oh, it's because. Russ is on the team. I'm like, nah, they're just not, they're not playing so good, like, collectively. I think he's had some really solid games for the crew Clippers and there. You just automatically, when things go wrong, he just automatically gets the blame just because of this, like, narrative that's gone around that, you know, you can't shoot and all that. But I, I think, I think once they come together, they're, they're a deep team that they, they should, I see them making a pretty decent playoff run, like, definitely past the first round you'd hope they've got the the roster like they're, they're really deep they go and then two of the top players top 10 mm. top 15 maybe players in the league you hope i hope it goes well i, I would love to see russ get a ring and and pg get a ring they're like two two of my more favorite players yeah i'll tell you what claire I'd love, I'd love to see it too. I would love to see it too. Can I get Mello back as well? Could you guys sign Mello as well? Then we could have Russ, PG, and Mello again. Sure, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. I don't know if Mello would. I don't know if he'd be much used anywhere. I don't know. It seems to be past it. You can sign him on the next if you want. Go ahead. Again, I don't think he'd get many minutes. Unfortunately, he doesn't uh, doesn't move around quick enough for this Knicks team at the moment. Um, Tia, who else do you enjoy watching? Because um, I can't, you know, bear to talk about the Celtics. Because <laughs> I wasn't originally like a Celtics fan. I was just mainly a big John Wall fan. Um, oh, really? So, yeah. Well, a bit of a story to it. Um, back when I was at Worthing Thunder, we had kind of all the pro men's players like live in our house as our. As the Americans, they'd come stay with us throughout the season. One of the guys that stayed with us was best mates with John Wall. Grew up in high school with him, a guy called Milton Chavis. I remember like coming back from, you know, school, just had my day of school, walk in and he's on FaceTime to John Wall in my living room. And I was like, oh, hi. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> like, how are you on the phone to him right now? And that's kind of just as I was really getting into basketball and enjoying it. And I was like, you know what? Okay, like, this is cool. I'm just rock with wherever John Wall goes. So, yeah, that was kind of really uh, how my early days were, just following him at Washington and everything. Yeah. And how do you feel about how his career's gone and where he's at now? I mean, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed. I mean, I feel like that's why I was like, okay, I'll go with the Celtics and, like, whatever. But Is I that mean... just because you like Jason Tatum? Is that why you why you started supporting the Celtics? Or you just, you just jumped on the bandwagon because they were getting good? <laughs> it was before that I just like that all their players you know they drafted into the team you know Time Lord yeah. was in it from he was however young and he's still like 22 in the team you've got Pritchard Smart like I like that they've grown their team from the draft um, yeah. but yeah John Wall I just I genuinely think like Westbrook he's one of the most athletic players in the league um, but yeah I just want him to kind of just be better and just show like the type of player he is. R Russ and Westbrook have had this kind of symmetry throughout their careers, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been strange. And they both end up as scapegoats um, at different times as well. And it seems that John Wall 
don't know if he's going to get an opportunity to play. I don't know if Houston want him or not. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. After that interview about saying how bad Houston was, and then like, oh, honestly, <laughs> it felt to me like um, you, you know, when like your mate breaks up with a girl, and then everyone's like, oh, thank fuck for that. Do you know what I mean? Like she was like this, she was like this, <laughs> and then they end up like getting back with them, and you're like, oh. <laughs> 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 like that, it? yeah, it's not an ideal situation. Uh, so, well, uh, one of the things you guys were saying earlier when we were talking about um, the Lions and um, obviously f- for you guys having to go against, bringing it back to the WBBL a little bit, having to go up against this, the, the, kind of one of these teams that, um, kind of pushes you guys um, and you were saying about how with all your practices and things like this you have to really try and make sure that you're maybe taking on some of that more of a physical approach um, talking about practice and things like this um, are there any players on the team that are kind of the, the, the big drivers in practice like who on the team is the one that's like right come on come on guys let's let's really crank it up a little bit who who on the team's kind of like really pushing you guys in practice um I would probably, I think Sune is is a big a big competitor. Competitor, like she she likes to go hard. She doesn't really tolerate people not being in the mood for it. Um, so I, I would say she's probably the the one that comes to mind for me. And Tia, who's the one who's not in the mood for practice? <laughs> I mean, I like you said. I think you can see from the outside we're a pretty happy team like everyone just has fun like 24 7 um like claire said sune is definitely the serious motivator but most of us are just happy to be there and just have like two hours together where we can just play yeah and um we actually had a a little bit of a question from uh, a big um essex rebels fan uh milo who uh wanted to submit a question to you guys to answer on the podcast if that's okay so for listeners uh milo has graced us with his presence and he's uh recorded a little bit of a message for you guys so we'll uh we'll play that now hi tia hi claire do you have a pre-game routine or ritual Mine's pretty easy. I drink a Red Bull before every game. Nice. As soon as like the warm up starts and we come out, like you probably see me, like I have a Red Bull in my hand before every tip. Has there ever been a game where like you've been caught without a Red Bull? Like have you had to like what's if if, if you get to a game and there's no Red Bull and you need an emergency energy drink, like what's the backup to the Red Bull? You know, I've never got in that situation. I'd be pretty stressed out. How would you feel if you had to go to like the premier store and get like a red bush or whatever the kind of budget <laughs> version is? Like, would, you be, would you be all right with that? Or do, is Monster the backup? I'm so superstitious, you know. If it wasn't a red bull, I'd be pretty like, I'm going to have a bad game today. That's it. Like, <laughs> she's not playing. She's not playing. Oh, my ankle's a bit sore. I don't think I can play today, coach. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've had to pick one up at the services when we've been like on the live for about I don't know three years I don't think I've played a game without one that's amazing that's I, I love that the, the uh diet of champions there red ball you're good to <laughs> yeah. go you're good to go hey it gives you wings it gives you wings yeah um, <laughs> Claire what about you what's your uh pre-game ritual um I don't know I'm pretty like easy like a bit easy going I don't like to get too superstitious about things um you'll see me when I come out to shoot everybody's like getting up serious shots I'll be like just throw chucking threes from like way off the three-point line just kind of keeping it casual really I usually eat an apple at some point during the warm-up um but I'm, I'm, I'm I would say if anything 
I'm not I try not to have rituals because I don't want to be in the situation as we we're just talking about where if it, it if it doesn't happen I have like a freak out so I've kind of tried to stay away from it um I just kind of stay try and stay relaxed really I just I'm yeah. distracting everyone else most of the time that's my ritual ruining everybody else's <laughs> yeah. rituals is your ritual <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly stealing tears red balls <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting you say that because you hear like players talk about their pre-game rituals. And I know like I listened to Old Man in the Three and JJ Reddick always says like he had like his ritual was like three, four hours long. Like it, it was so precise. And if anything went wrong, it would throw him off. And I feel the same as you really. Like the, the more you put into it, like the more chance there are like of something going wrong, isn't there? Like tear with one Red Bull, you're not too bad. You know, you know, yeah. you're going to go. <laughs> But once you start putting so many things in, you know, that, that you, when your tape goes on, what shoe you put on first, what kind of shots you're getting up, what time you're going out and all this kind of thing, the more you build up, but the, the more chance there is of something bad happening and then you kind of getting a bit of a hex on yourself. Have you ever played with people who have kind of had really serious pregame routines or have you got anyone in the team now who's like really serious about their, their pregame rituals? I don't think we do. I don't. I, I can't think of anyone. There's a few girls that like don't put their their jerseys on until after they've mm-hmm. warmed up. I don't know why. I don't know if that's a ritual thing or they just want to look nice and not sweaty <laughs> when they start the game. I'm not, I'm not sure. It's pretty funny though because sometimes you'll like leave your jersey or they'll leave their jersey in the locker room, come out to the court, and then the the doors are locked, and then oh, they've not got the jersey. They're like running back and forth. Definitely no one on our team. Right now, the only person I remember playing with that had one was Siobhan Pryor. When we came out the locker room, she'd have to sit on the exact same seat on the bench to tie her laces before we'd start the warm up every game. And if someone sat in that seat, I'm like, move over that Chevy seat. Like, <laughs> but outside of that, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think we're really like that. I had a teammate in college that would um, brush her teeth before every game like right before we would go out onto the court to brush our teeth i thought that was a bit odd yeah i don't know do you want to be fresh though or do you want to have like <laughs> yeah. that breath do you know what i i feel the same way because uh, like genuinely i i always put mouthwash in like not not right before the game but like as i leave i'll like spray deodorant and put mouthwash in before i go but i had a teammate water you remember ian hannah who preferred to smell as bad as possible <laughs> when he played because he thought it was an advantage to him. So I've, I can see both sides of it. That'd be an advantage against me, like a bad smell. Or sometimes when I'm defending someone that's really sweaty, I'll be like wiping my arm on myself <laughs> afterwards. I'm like, oh, I hate that. Well, I'll t- tell you what, I think... Um... That, that probably brings us to a, a good opportunity to to kind of close the podcast out. We've been we've been chatting for over an hour now, and I'm sure you guys have uh, you've had a busy game today, and uh, you've jumped straight onto a podcast with us. So uh, honestly, thank you so much to the two of you, um, Tia and Claire, for, uh, for for jumping on the the um the podcast with us um i'll do a little bit of an outro um in in just a second but before we uh kind of do that um do you want to tell the listeners maybe where they can find out some more information about you guys socials the the, the, the club things like this yeah you find us on twitter instagram facebook tiktok as well i think i think it's just at essex oh gosh what is it at, at essex rebels basketball i think it is yeah um we'll also need to give a shout out to uh stan and jive kitchen (laughs) absolutely (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah 
I, yeah, at Essex, I think it's at Essex Rebel Basketball. <laughs> I should know this <laughs> a bit better, but yeah, um, yeah, all the socials. Love it. Yeah, Instagram is um, yeah at Essex Rebels Basketball. Yeah, so definitely um, give that a follow to, to, to keep up. Um, and yourself, yeah, I was going to say, what's your what's your IG, Claire? Mine is at Claza P. Tia, what's what's your Instagram? Uh just. Either Instagram, just Tia Freeman, or Twitter, Tia Freeman with my ease as freeze. You know, hitting too many freeze, had to change it to that. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Loved it. We like it. And you guys have got a Bucks final coming up, I think, soon. Yeah, yeah, we're playing Loughborough on Wednesday going for the back-to-back national championship so this podcast is going to be out on uh, tuesday morning so anyone that uh, is listening to this make sure that you uh, kind of keep up to date with that on uh, on wednesday and also just make sure that you go and watch some local uh, basketball support uk basketball um and before we finish tia who's going to win the championship this year nba championship boston Claire. oh i'm gonna go with uh nuggets okay well i mean that can't be the, that can't be the case because obviously the knicks beat the nuggets and, <laughs> I mean, straight away <laughs> if we go playground rules that means the knicks are going to win right so uh uh no i honestly we appreciate you guys uh both jumping on and uh and chatting with us this afternoon really really appreciate it thank you so much and with that i will say thank you for listening to the hoops and recreation halftime show remember if you like this episode leave us a five-star rating and review and share the podcast with your friends and family make sure you follow at sneakers and recreation on instagram Instagram to be kept up to date with all things hoops and recreation. And until next time, guys, goodbye.